I'm telling you, I'm going to change the ice cream game. Ice cream, ice cream. Nico's 48 game-changing flavors of ice cream. Everyone get your game-changing scoops. Ice cream flavors from around the globe. Hello, miss. What would you like for your child today? Hi, Mr. Nico. What's your special today? Ah, uh, today we have a tangy coconut lime shiitake swirl. Um, how about just an orange cream bar? Uh, let me check. We seem to be fresh out, but we have Nico's chicken piccata and mushroom lemon snow cone. No, I don't think my child will like that. Don't you have anything like a vanilla sandwich or cookies and cream or something? I will be happy to check my inventory for you. And we do have none of those. But Nico does have the dynamite crispy tempura shrimp pop and the roadside mini slider cone. And that's with pickles. It's very delightful, miss. It was given five stars on Yelp. I'm looking at it right now. Everyone get your game-changing scoops. The Yelp app has five ratings for your truck. All one star each. That's a total of five stars as advertised. You try our prosciutto flatbread cookie dough chill cup, and your mouth will love you for life. Nico, you got five one-star reviews. And why does everything sound like you went to Cheesecake Factory and froze it? Nico's 48 game anyway, my son is going nuts right now. I'll just have a plain vanilla ice cream, Nico. Plain vanilla. Let's see. Plain. You're fresh out. I get it. Nico, what is the simplest flavor you have? Your smeal. Ah, I'm glad you asked, miss. The simplest flavor I have is chocolate. It's a total game changer. Comes in a poke bowl. Nothing out there like it. Change the game, Goodness Nico. Goodness Lord, Nico, just give me the damn ice cream, please. Coming right up. Success is a creamy, dreamy mindset. You just have to be willing to Don't order it. Don't go there, Nico. Ice cream, please. Dios mío, qué estúpido este hombre. Ay, ay, ay. I speak Spanish too, lady. Nico, Nico! This isn't chocolate. This tastes like green fries. Gotta go, lady. They're waiting over in City Island for my banana lobster with butterboat. Thank you all for trying Nico's 48 game-changing flavors of ice cream. It has been an honor and a pleasure to serve the community. Testing, testing, check. Design your decade, an interactive podcast for the modern professional. Welcome to your journey to the C-suite. Welcome to another episode of the DYD Podcast, your mini masterclass in career-building greatness. I'm Roseanne Santos, bilingual keynote speaker, certified Gallup Strengths Coach, executive trainer, and as Jadakus said, change the game. Don't let the game change you. And I'm Rio Rocket. Motivational speaker, marketing and brand strategist, actor, entrepreneur. And I live for the moments you can't put into words. Those game-changing moments in our lives and our careers. In episode 10, we spoke about living in each moment and building momentum. How every minute consists of 60 small units of success. And every hour, 60 of those. Today, we're going to dissect an atom and talk about the moments that changed the game for us. Those game-changing moments in our career that leveled us up in the game and built the momentum that got us here today. I'll start with acting. No one gives you an instruction manual when you're starting out in what is a brutally competitive field. The general advice you're given is generally unhelpful. For example, if you've never acted and ask most actors, how do you act? You may hear advice such as, just be yourself or act natural. 
How do you execute, act natural, and be yourself when you're given words on a page that isn't yours and placed in a situation that isn't real? Wait, and aren't you supposed to be someone else? A game-changing moment in this example is when you actually figure out what acting truly is and how you truly be yourself and live truthfully in an imaginary circumstance. But it takes a long time to even get to that. You first have to get inside an audition room. And casting directors have to know who you are first to even do that. So here's where my first game-changing moments came. Number one is the headshot. Getting a professional headshot. When I first started out, I had a family member use an ordinary camera. Not bad, not great. And take a photograph of me. I printed this out on photo paper and would bring this into auditions. Now, some casting directors thought it was okay. Some clearly thought it was subpar. But that was just the beginning. I was doing research to find out who the best headshot photographers were as I was getting my feet wet with auditioning. I researched best headshot photographers in New York City, and I identified the top three. I spoke with each one of them. One photographer was far too busy. His calendar was booked out for months. A second guy, a little too pricey. The third guy, price was just right, and he was just as good as the other two guys. So I went to him. He taught me how to be natural in an actor's headshot photography session. My first professional headshots were absolutely stunning. My auditions increased dramatically. But second, I needed a bio. You have to say something about yourself in your external marketing in order to whet the appetite of casting directors and directors who are looking for interesting people to cast in their production. Third, I had a logo. I designed my logo, but I redesigned my logo to make it more simple and clear who I was. Your logo is your brand, your marketing, who you are, how you're perceived. It is very, very important. Fourth, my resume. Now, the format for resumes for actors and entertainers is a bit unconventional. It's nothing like a corporate resume. So opinions may vary as to what the perfect format is, but the most important thing is to clearly list your best projects, what role you played, and when the production was filmed. Fifth is your website, which is a constant work in progress. The most important thing is to keep it simple, accessible, and put your work on full display. So after you have all these game-changing things set up, you're going to move into things like social media to increase your exposure. But just keep in mind, you have to put yourself out there over and over and over until the right opportunity presents itself. It doesn't work without repetition. Another game-changing moment is when you learn how to audition. This didn't take long because the pain of not doing it well wasn't something I was willing to go through too many times. Once you learn the nuances of it and what they're looking for, if you pour enough passion and authenticity into it, like we discussed in episode four, someone is going to notice and hire you for their production. The day you book a gig and you perform and then you watch it or hear it makes it tangible. That's a game changer. That's when you develop a true passion for the craft. And that's when your passion and authenticity elevate to the next level. You've got a hunger now to go through the process of study, audition, book, and admire your work again and hopefully again and again. One of the biggest career game changers is realizing it's not about having a job you can live with, but a career you can't live without. My early career breakthroughs can be summarized by one question. Was I happy at work? My dad would always ask me, would you do your job for free if you could? If the answer is no, then you don't love your job. 
That mindset was a bit too limiting for my view of the work world, but he's old school and he's a retired civil servant. Things were different. He liked his job but was happy to punch out each day. My philosophy is quite different. I spend over eight hours at work every day. I better like it and I better be happy most of the time. Eight plus hours is just too long to be miserable. Even when the answer was yes, I'm okay here, my ambition didn't let me leave it at that. I am okay here is not exactly a resounding statement of happiness. I have always made it my business to look for work when I was happy. Why? Because the last place you want to be is on a job search when you're miserable at work. It affects every aspect of your demeanor, and in your desperation, you may end up leaving one bad career relationship for one that is even worse. When you job search at a time that you don't have to, the process is much more positive. Your options open up if you get an offer because you can decide between staying at the old job or moving on. You can actually take the new offer and negotiate better pay or benefits at the old job if you are in a good position. When you're miserable at work, any job offer is the only offer because the thought of staying at the current job is not an option at all. Having options is always a good thing. Work-life balance emerges as a particularly strong predictor of people's happiness. Other factors include job variety and the need to learn new things, as well as the level of individual autonomy enjoyed by the employee. According to an article in the Harvard Business Review titled, Does Work Make You Happy?, the authors found that the type of job you have matters. White-collar and managerial workers are generally happier than blue-collar workers, for example. Where you live also matters. Who's the boss? definitely matters. Interestingly, in all countries, self-employed people report both more positive and more negative work experiences, suggesting that being your own boss is both rewarding and stressful. Another point that I can attest to personally is that people don't leave jobs or companies. They are usually quitting their managers. In nearly every dimension of business success, the manager makes the difference. From diversity and inclusion to productivity and retention, the manager plays a singular role in the life of an employee. In fact, Gallup research shows that the quality of a manager accounts for 70%, that's 70% of the variance in team engagement. And yet, most managers learn best management practices based on managers they have had who may have been good or bad, or based on stereotypes in their head about what leadership is. Check out one of Gallup's new leadership books, It's the Manager, where the authors discuss their findings about how the manager is key to every aspect of the workplace. If you run a company, make sure your managers are well-trained, mentored, and have coaches. It's a game changer. Of course, being unemployed is usually miserable, and not just for the unemployed person. People who remain employed in areas with high unemployment also report lower overall well-being. Finally, while pay is important, certain non-monetary aspects of employment matter too. Factors like autonomy, professional development, mentorship, and work-life balance can influence how happy you feel. All game changers. You know what that sound means. Top five. 
game-changing recommendations for 2021. Get a mentor or become one. If you want to move up at your company, a great mentor can really help you get there. But remember to lift as you climb and share your valuable knowledge as well with those new to the company or the industry. Do a TED Talk. TED conferences are organized to provide a platform to the most influential speakers from around the world so they can talk about ideas worth spreading. Start a blog that focuses on your expertise, but don't forget to tell people it exists. Start a YouTube channel or podcast. It's one of the most unique ways to give your brand a voice and grow a community of like-minded people around your ideas. Always keep your resume, bio, and LinkedIn up to date. I'm glad you're happy at work, but make sure you can still be seen as relevant and innovative. And don't forget to include your accomplishments. Even if you wish to remain at your current company, remember that if you look good, they look good. Russell Wilson, quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, winner of Super Bowl 48, and Sue Bird, point guard for the Seattle Storm, 18 years in the WNBA with four championships, had a recent conversation where they discussed game changers. Now keep in mind, both of these players changed the game just with their presence and impact. Sue said, even though basketball is a 40-minute game, you really only need to steal three possessions, and then boom, you win by six. She has what she calls got em moments. Like, ooh, if her opponent moves even just an inch to the left, she can make this play. So she studies her opponent, gets together a list of weaknesses her team can exploit, and then before each game goes over the list. Russell Wilson describes them as gap plays, game-altering plays. He describes it as, in every game, there's these moments where you can either capture victory or let it slip between your fingers and lose it. He's developed the ability to recognize these moments or even visualize them and communicate them to his team before they happen. Sometimes it's well in advance, and he has a dialogue and practice about what to anticipate and expect with his team. Other times it may be during the game, right in the moment itself, such as calling an audible to change the play before the snap when he sees a weakness in the defense, or a pump fake to a receiver, and then keeping the ball to run for a first down or a touchdown. Whatever you call these moments, the difference between winning and losing takes place in each and every one of them. And your ability to study, visualize, anticipate, and then react in a split second determines whether you lose or win the game of life. My last three positions in higher education have all been happy places for me. I know I sound a bit naive, but my first job as a supermarket cashier when I was 15 taught me a lot about what I would and would not take. My supervisor was a raging alcoholic, and everyone knew it and no one did anything about it, so I left. It's an important lesson to learn that young. I changed the game before the game changed me. But back to my happy places. Why did I feel happy? I had at least one mentor. I enjoyed working with my colleagues. I was also allowed to spread my wings and learn new things, and I consistently received promotions and pay increases. Why would I ever leave? Well, because I'm ambitious, and because professional development has always been important to me, and luckily to my supervisors, I have always been able to learn new things and explore next-level opportunities that allow me to grow. When I was in graduate school, I was studying to be a history professor. I love history, and I liked my doctoral program a lot. But I was disliking teaching. Whoa, that is not good. I had been working toward being a professor for years, and now I realized that dealing with grading papers and plagiarism just didn't do it for me. 
I had a fellow doctoral student who worked in residence life, and she recruited me for years because she thought I would be great with the students. I finally gave in and applied, and I was in love with student engagement and success and never looked back. I was on a fast track at the university within the residence life program. I received about three promotions in three years. I really liked it, but I began to think, can I do this back home in New York City? So I casually started putting myself out there and got an offer that catapulted me into a director position at a small private college in the suburbs of New York City. Higher pay, more responsibility, same field, but now I was back home. I stayed there almost seven years, and then my amazing manager retired. The new one, not so amazing, and my entire team started to leave. The new manager was a straight-up morale killer, and my colleagues were dropping like flies. Some even took early retirement over working for this new person. But I was still okay. I still enjoyed my work, and she left me alone for the most part. But once again, I shined up the resume and started throwing my hat in the ring. I got substantial interviews and landed at my current university with an amazing offer. Here's the caveat. It was a lower title but more money and less areas of responsibilities. I had to think long and hard about what that could do for or to my career. I didn't have to leave the job I was in, though I am grateful every day that I did. Fast forward seven years and I got a brand new opportunity at the same institution. With great mentorship and sponsorship, I transitioned into a completely new role where I was able to learn a new aspect of higher education that I never thought I'd be in. And that new role allowed me to fill in some important skills gaps that made me even more valuable and marketable when I decided to become a coach and public speaker. I changed the game before the game changed me. And we'll close this game-changing episode with the health tip of the day. Game-changing hacks to stay warm during the winter. Winter is here. So here are some winter hacks to keep you warm that you've probably never heard of that don't involve layering clothes over clothes. Foods that take longer to digest raise your body temperature and make you feel warmer. This process is called thermogenesis. Eat root vegetables like potatoes, beetroots, and carrots. It takes a lot of energy to digest them and produces more heat in your body. Nuts like peanuts, almonds, cashews, pistachios, and dates speed up your metabolism and increase your body temperature. Coconuts, apples, and other fiber-rich foods also do the trick. The protein, iron, and calcium in eggs and chicken provides you with a lot of heat, and so do herbs and spices, such as cayenne pepper, cinnamon, ginger, garlic, horseradish, and black pepper. Bananas, turnips, oats, honey, sesame, ghee, green and black teas, coffee and water all raise your body temperature as well. Having at least two of these food items every day will change the game. P.S. If you think liquor makes you warm, then let's dispel this common myth. Alcohol does not increase your temperature. In fact, it lowers your body's core temperature. And then you'll have to work harder in the gym to get the added pounds off in the spring. If you always feel cold or just feel much colder than other people around you, you may want to have your iron and vitamin B12 levels checked. Supplementing with iron and vitamin B12, both game changers. 
And that's our health tip of the day. For LinkedIn services to boost that LinkedIn profile, executive coaching for those in corporate structures, or creative coaching for those in creative fields, contact us at coaching at designyourdecade.io. For podcast-related correspondence, contact us at podcast at designyourdecade.io. And we love for you to rate our podcast, subscribe and share on your favorite podcasting platform. Everyone get your game changing scoops. Nico's 48 game changing flavors of ice cream.